Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Segment Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hill. I always appreciate you guys tuning into the show. Today's shows are powered by the Bole Brands. That's right, the Bole Brands. Whether you're driving to the trail, on the trail, or just got done with the trail, the Bole Brands will have your eyes covered. Bole Brands include Bole, Serengeti, and Spy Optic, just to name a few. So check them out and see if there's anything that you like on there. Go to spyoptic.com. Again, that's spyoptic.com and see if there's any kind of eyewear on there that you need. I know they're running a ton of deals right now through the holiday season. And in fact, I saw a 50% off flash sale this morning. So check them out when you get a chance at spyoptic.com. And thank you, spyoptic.com, or thank you, Bole Brands, for powering this show. Also, a special shout out to 7IDP. 7IDP, protection when you need it, because it's always better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Check them out at 7protection.com and see if there are any kind of gear that you would need to protect yourself as 7IDP is designed for both the male and female mountain bike athlete. Folks, my guest today is Curtis Ellis. Curtis Ellis is the vice president of sales for the Bole Brands. He is an epic mountain biker, a father, and just an all-around rad guy. I really enjoyed talking to him in this episode, and we covered a ton of topics from the mountain biking community, the vibe, the passion, and how he started mountain biking, and how a random act of missing baseball signups got him into the sport and heavily into the sport. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Curtis Ellis. All right, we are live. We are live. Ladies and gentlemen, my special guest today is Curtis Ellis. What's up, Curtis? How are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Um, for the folks who are going to know about you, they're going to hear about your story. Uh, but I had the opportunity and the pleasure to ride with you and your family and some of your buddies this weekend at Vail. And I just wanted to put my little two cents in that uh, for the folks watching, Curtis freaking rips. <laughs> um, but Curtis, you know, just uh, going into the whole thing, I know uh, we see the spy background for the folks listening in on the podcast, audio only. Curtis has a beautiful, beautiful backdrop there, uh, spy from the Bole brand. And he's going to talk a little bit about that here in a bit. But uh, Curtis, why don't you just give us an overview of Curtis Ellis? I'm just a guy that loves to work hard, support my family, and play bikes. That's that's really all it is, you know. And the uh, it, it's funny, you know. I in during this whole COVID thing, you think about the common common denominators in life, and and bike is just always right there, you know. It's mm. it's really funny and. Um, that's that's really me. I'm a super simple person. I I don't expect much. I don't you know put much out there. But um that that's me. You know, and I'm fortunate enough in this position to work with some amazing brands that really fuel my passions. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. That that is amazing, and you're definitely um, a really cool, genuine dude. 
Uh, for the folks out there who are going to learn, Curtis Ellis is actually the vice president of sales for the Bole brand. And you guys here in Southern California probably know about Spy, Spy Optics. Uh, that's definitely one of the brands there. Um, but to get to the vice president role, you know, it just doesn't happen overnight. And um, how, how many years have you been in the industry, Curtis? Um, I mean, really, it started at, at the age of 14, just working in bike shops, building bikes, um, things like that. But specifically in the eyewear space, it's been about 18 years. So you know, I, uh, I, I started as a sub rep um, with Oakley uh, in the Utah, Wyoming uh, market and, you know, supported all the retailers and, and did the best job I, I could do. And, and Oakley um, provided me such great opportunities. You know, it's a great brand and I learned so much from everybody at, at Oakley. And, um, you know, so I, I started as a sub rep and then I became a principal rep, which uh, was was very very interesting at the time because um, you know I'm cut I'm cut more from the action sports cloth, um, but the position I was offered was optical only. So it was mm. doctors' offices, um, prescription eyewear, and at, at the time that that they they offered me the position, I was uh, my wife was eight months pregnant with our first child and. Mm. You know, I, I had no choice but to jump on the opportunity, but um, man, I learned so much and it's crazy how much I learned during that time that that really catapulted my career for sure. Wow. And, and when you say a sub rep, is that kind of you're out in territory and then you're fielding things for the, the primary rep or, or how does that how does that yeah. work? So, so in, in our space, we call, you know, the primary rep, the principal rep and as the business grows, there's a few options you have. You can cut the territory down and add a new principal rep, or you can work with the principal rep and, and they can hire some sub reps to handle, you know, some of the business so that the principal rep can uh, focus the majority of their time on the key accounts. And um, at the time I was hired as a sub rep, um, Oakley was, was uh, literally crushing it. And, you know, they they saw tremendous value in the optical side of the business. So, um, you know, I was able to manage all categories or what we call a jote rep, a jack of all trades. Mm. And that, that was the funnest time, to be honest with you. It was great. I could jump in my car. I had, you know, if I went into a bike shop, I quickly threw on my flannel and a hat. Uh, if I was at a doctor's office, I, you know, had a nice button up and, and had to Damn. kind of clean up a little bit. And then, you know, so it really taught me the the whole spectrum of the business, um, wow. which I you know I reflect on those days uh, frequently because it was so much fun. God, I could imagine the two different cultures in the same day, just depending yeah. on <laughs> what yeah. was on your call deck for that day. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, you you said something really interesting. You said you're cut from the action sports side of the world, and uh, let's get into that a little bit because I'm sure this is going to tie into how you ended up at Oakley. Um, but I, I had heard you say that at one point as a kid, you had missed the sign up for baseball practice <laughs> and, and, and that led into the, the biking world. Can you, can you start there and take, take us on back to what, what happened that day? Cause literally that one thing changed everything. It did. Um, I mean, it, it started before that, you know, when, 
I was just, man, I, I was barely three and um, my dad, you know, took the training wheels off my bike and he said, you know, go, here you go, go, go ride. <laughs> and oh, man. and I, I don't, I don't remember this. This is all stories from my, from my mom, but um, you know, I, I started crying and he put the training wheels back on and then I got even more upset, you know? And, <laughs> and uh, so he took them back off and he put me on the bike and he grabbed the seat just like every dad does. And he sent me on my way and I took off riding and, and from Damn. that moment on, you know, everything really changed. And, and it's really funny. I, 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 the one thing I do remember about that moment was after I started riding, there was a hose across the sidewalk and I oh, had God. to go over the hose and I was so scared. I was like, oh, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. I, we, got, we got over that. It was fine. But from that moment on, you know, I was genuinely hooked on the freedom you get from, from two wheels. And, wow. uh, you know, flash forward to like, you know, probably 1987 it was it was 1987 um and we my mom was you know a tomboy she she loved softball and and i was her only boy and baseball was the mission and mm. um my dad died when i was four and oh, so at this point i had sorry. a step i had a stepdad and he was he you know he had he rode bikes he rode dirt bikes and and he he kind of he was terrible at ball sports. And so <laughs> we, we, and I don't know if he planned this. He may have planned this. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure, but we got to the rec center where you sign up for a uh, little league and, you know, the signups were closed and the, the lady, you know, at the rec center told us that it was closed and we missed the cutoff. And he looked at me with a big smile and he said, I guess you get to race bikes. <laughs> and, and it's wow. funny because I, I remember the first time we showed up to the track you know, I didn't have a number plate. I didn't, I had a nice bike. That's one thing my parents always, always, always gave me was really good equipment. And, but I had a paper plate with a Sharpie number on the front. And, and I was so into the sport that, you know, I had magazine cutouts taped to all of my walls and, and oh, I, was, I was just in it. And growing up in Salt Lake City, there was a lot of local pros. And oh, yeah, I, I remember being in line with my stepdad, just a you know, seven-year-old Grom, and I looked back, and Fuzzy Hall was right behind me, and I was oh, like, God. holy cow, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, totally, 100%, <laughs> and, you know, my dad had to put my rear uh, tire between his legs so I could stay up in the gate, because I, I couldn't, <laughs> I, I hadn't figured all that out yet, and, oh. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we took off, we did our thing, and, and it all kind of kicked off, you know, from that, from racing BMX bikes at an old track in Salt Lake City that's no longer in existence. It's called Mountain View BMX. And Mountain View BMX. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's what kicked it off. Yeah. Wow. So age of seven, you are, you know, going into the, the first races. I mean, even at that age and seeing Fuzzy Holland, how, how would you say your stress level or heart rate or or was it excitement at that age i mean i'm trying to remember as a kid something like that would that be scary or would that be exciting or all the above like it would be today do you remember that well, it, it's funny you know and now that i have a 10 year old son and an eight-year-old daughter I, I i try to put myself in their shoes in these situations and try to you know calm their nerves and my, my stepdad had no idea who was behind us in line, you know, but the only thing that went through my head was, are they going to catch me? <laughs> Am I going to get in their way? <laughs> so, 
so once we dropped in and I started going out of track, it all kind of fled away. And, and I had a, an amazing family growing up. And I, I, I remember my older sisters on the track yelling my name, you know, go, go, go. And wow. it was uh, it was a fun time. No question. That is awesome. That is so cool. Do And then BMX racing, do they do that? Like, is it a 30 second takeoff, like in some of the mountain biking races where they spread you out that way? Or how do they... How do they no, do that? It's, it's, it's like a moto, right? So the gate oh, drops, gotcha. you, you go around the track and then it's done and then they reset the gate and the next group goes. So there's not even two groups on the track at a time. Gotcha, so, you know, gotcha. My, my worry was completely inconsistent and not real. So. Oh, <laughs> but you looked up, you looked back and freaked out. <laughs> yeah, and it was at the time when it was like the half shell helmets with like the, the funny like kind of mouth guard. It's funny during COVID, it kind of, it's fitting, but, and, and I thought, man, I, just, I need a mouth guard. You know, these guys yeah. have mouth guards. I need a mouth guard. Oh, man. It's amazing the impressions, you know, of people that you look up to and how true that is. The perception really becomes a reality, especially yeah. at that age, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, my God. So uh, BMX racing, um, how did you, how long did you do it and how did you fare, fare off in that sport? You know, um, we recreated, we, my family recreated like crazy. We, you know, I grew up with a boat and snowmobiles and the whole deal. And, um, it, I, I raced for two years. Um, I never once got a first place, but I never once didn't get a trophy. So I was always second or third. Oh, podium boy. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I never got the big trophy, you know? And and uh, so I did that for two years. I did pretty well. You know, it was fine. I, I moved up some classes and, and, and had a great time doing it. But I, uh, I remember sitting at, it was, it was national. So we had races in the morning and then we had a break in the middle of the day. And then we had races in the evening. And during the break, we went to lunch and with my mom and my, my stepdad. And my, my stepdad convinced me to skip the afternoon and go out on the lake. And so <laughs> I honestly, I never went back to BMX racing. Right, right then is when I transitioned over to mountain biking and no you know, Hans Ray was a big deal with GT doing trials. And wow. you know, I, I looked up to that kind of crew. So I, um, I switched, I went to, I went to mountain bikes. And, and how old, how old was this? So this would have been 89. Okay. So I was, I two was years, nine at that point. Yeah. Two years in, nine years old. Wow, your stepdad really had a, a, a big role in, into it, you know, that uh, whether he did it on purpose or not at the beginning, but I love that. I love that smile going, well, looks like you're going to race bikes. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I was so hooked on bikes anyways. I mean, I grew up watching, you know, that old BMX bandits, like Nicole Kidman's first ever movie. And, and then Rad came out and Rad was life-changing, you know, Rad. Jeez, me and my my whole family we ever had hoodies. We watch it probably twice a month still to this day, and um, it, it you know that was that was my roots. That was my like what I wanted to be. You know that the part in Rad when when Crew Jones says all I'm good at is riding this bike. I was like yes, like, yeah, that, that is life. Identified <laughs> so, with that exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh man, with um. Going back to the podium spots, I mean, obviously po hitting a podium is, is always a great accomplishment. Did you feel um, anything about not getting that first place slot in, in those two years you were racing in the BMX world? Not until later, you know. At the oh, time, really? I, I just wanted to go home with the hardware. And I got a trophy every single Thursday at the race. And 
I still have a lot of the trophies, but you know, it, at that point it was more about just going home with, with a trophy. And later in life is when I realized I kind of blew it and I could have tried harder and I had some regret, you know, and, and that's, it's, it's formed me in a lot of the ways I go about projects and career and a lot of things, you know, it's just don't, don't have regrets, give everything you have into whatever you're doing, because whatever the outcome is, at least you can say, I put everything I had into getting this done. Man, that's such good reflection. And that is exactly where I was going to go with it. I was going to ask you if that helped shape kind of some of the high performance um, that you've done in the career working world. Um, and it sounds like it has. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, you know, having kids and being a, you know, where I'm at in life now, the the whole goal is, is to raise my, my family, you know, knowing you should never have regrets. You know, you're going to have crossroads in life and you're going to have to make decisions and weigh the, the pros and the cons out the best that you can so that later on in life, you don't have any regrets. So. Yeah. Love that. Love that calculated risk, failing forward, all those great mental things that you can take with you because that's something you've got control over. Totally. And you fail way more than you succeed. And that's you really have to learn from those failures to, to make sure they don't happen again. You know. Exactly. You know, I always say to the to the kiddos, if there are any kiddos out there watching or or listening in on the podcast, that a lot of times the road to success is definitely filled with failure. But if you were to put the analogy of a video game, right? You you are going to fail at the video game. Your character is going to die in the video game. You're never gonna just get on there the first time and make it to the end. And it's something that kids can do all day long. They can play those video games, they can fail, they can learn from their mistakes, and they can they can eventually beat the game. But somewhere along the lines, when we become adults, we fail at something and people want to give up. You yeah. know, they, they forget that old video game analogy that, oh, okay, I should have went left versus right. I, I should have ducked versus jumped, you know. Um, but that's always a great thing to remember. God, I love that. If we only had in, infinite lives, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, infinite lives and money. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so, you know, I guess we could fast forward a bit now. Um, well, or take us back to the mountain bike because you were this two years into BMX racing. You went into mountain biking in two thousand nine. Again, thank thankfully to um, the encouragement of your stepfather. That's definitely key. Um, what do you remember? What mountain bike? Your, was your first bike? You know, my first bike, um, I do. It was a, I have no idea where they bought this thing. I have no idea. <laughs> it was a mountain This is going to be great. <laughs> it was a mountain high country road. It had this cool crackle shell paint job on it. And I demolished that thing in about six months. Oh, and, man. And quickly they realized, you know, that this is a problem. So my first real mountain bike was a, a giant ATX 760 fully rigid um, canary yellow. And I love that bike. Nice. Um, it, it was the, the coolest thing ever at the time. Giants putting out some good stuff, you know. Yeah. And in, yeah. in, in back then, canary yellow, like uh, I bet from that racing world, you saw that yellow, you were like, Yes, yes. Well, it's just fast. Like, it's a fast color, right? So yeah. Heck can't yeah. go wrong. For sure. No, definitely not. Did yeah. you did you pick that bike out? Were you able to pick that one out specifically? Or did your parents kind of help 
get that because they knew, you know, the style of bike that you'd probably do best with? No, you know, they took me, my, um, I, I was the, the kid at the, you know, when my mom took me to the grocery store, I spent the entire time at the magazine rack, just looking through mountain bike action or whatever publication there was with bikes in it. And, oh, wow. um, so I kind of done my own research and, and in Salt Lake, there was a, 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 a cool shop and they, they took me in and, and it was part of my birthday and they just said, here you go. And oh. at that age, you're really limited to what fits you. And, yeah. Um, that bike, I didn't really want the yellow, but it was the only bike that fit me. So it's what, it's what we went with, you know? Got it. Got it. That makes sense. I mean, even to this day, I have a nine-year-old and he wants a dual suspension mountain bike. A, it's hard to find anything right now because of COVID and everyone mm -hmm. that's, uh, snap, you know, nabbing up bikes, but then, you know, geez, do I get him a 24 kids bike? um that he'll outgrow or do i go adult extra small <laughs> it's it's yeah. hard i mean you you rode with me and my son and you know i i had really when he had outgrown his little 20 inch hot rock you know specialized bike i i i thought sweet let's get him a full suspension it'll be great and then i i thought back to my past and i he's like no you know, I'm a purist with mountain biking. And I say, you need to learn how to navigate lines and rocks and you're getting a hard tail. So, yeah. yeah. So. And, and by the way, shout out to your son. He rips as well. Good Lord. He was sending everything that day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that age. There's no fear. None. There's no it's, fear. It's amazing. No, as fast as you want, like never going to get bucked for some reason, just huck everything, <laughs> all, <Yeah>. all lines. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love it. I love it. We got a comment coming in here. Obi-Wan Toady. Obi-Wan Toady, thank you so much for being on the shows, man. You are the best. Uh, he says, what up, MTB daddies? <laughs> what up, Obi-Wan Tony? Hey, real quick, Obi-Wan, put it in the uh, comments. We're just talking about first bikes. Do you, do you recall your first bike? Um, we were just talking about hardtail, dual suspension, and bikes for our kiddos. Uh, I think our kiddos have it a lot easier today. They have so many more choices <laughs> than we had. Front suspension, you know? There's, no, know. there's no rigid bikes left. You know? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so as you got on that that mountain bike and you were going along, um, and you never went back to BMX racing since then, did you did you get fully immersed into because you had that racing background, did you start racing on a mountain bike? I did, yeah. I did some uh local just cross country races and I got smoked. You know, I was I was the kid that would be the last one up the hill but would you know, pick everybody off on the downhill and mm. would finish, you know, upper mid pack. Um, and cross country just wasn't my thing until, I mean, I'm 40 years old now. And until about five years ago, I, I just never appreciated a good climb. And, and so I, you know, quickly realized that was, <laughs> I was never going to succeed, you know, racing cross country. And, um, you know, fast forward a few years, I, I was able to get a dual suspension and, um, you know, Norba was the, the series at the time and Norba would always come to Utah and, and have a big race at Deer Valley. And I had, mm -hmm. um, I grew up in a really, really cool neighborhood, you know, five houses away from me were what we called the dirt trails. And oh, it, nice. it was just this like quarter acre of dirt that we would just mold constantly. And, 
you know, we would just do neighborhood races and, and whatever else. And um, so I had, I had two good friends that rode um, trials. Uh, one, one was Vaughn Williams, who was in some of the Thor Wixom movies, the down movies. And oh, the other one, my friend Cody. So, you know, all of our families went up to Deer Valley to do the nationals. And I, I was the downhill kid and they were the trials people and they're the trials guys. And um, it was just this really fun vibe that felt so welcoming. I mean, I remember my first chairlift ride up to do the Norma National on my on my Cannondale, and right at the top it started raining, and we were like hiding under trees, and my you know my family stayed at the bottom of the hill to see me come down, so I was I was by myself, like 12 years old up there, and um, you know the the clouds cleared, the the uh, rain went away, and we we got our runs in, and I had no expectations. I had never done a downhill race. I had never even watched in person a downhill race. Oh man, and I was, I mean, I was wearing like jean shorts and, and a t-shirt, right? Like no, yeah. I didn't have shin guards and, wow. and was able to do pretty well there. And I think I got second at my first ever downhill race. And, and from there it was just, it was just game on for, for a really long time. There's that podium again. There is a, there is a common theme in your races. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Obi-Wan Tody says, I'm actually a COVID writer. Shout out to the COVID writers. I am too. Um, started writing about four months ago. First bike I have right now is a Scott Hardtail. Nice. Yes. yes. Yeah. Tell them, uh, Curtis, tell them about the, the, your, your purest view of the Hardtail. And I think this is going to be great for you, Obi-Wan. The hardtail. So the the beauty of the hardtail is you'll learn very quickly, probably the hard way, to navigate through rock gardens the right way. And um, you know, learning your way to pick your way through lines and the way that the the, the the bike hooks up through corners and and so on, and the way it jumps. You know, it's it's the foundation that you need to really be able to become a great rider later. There you go. From Curtis Ellis, ladies and gentlemen. No, that's, that's great. Cause I find myself tuning down my uh, rebound on my back suspension when I'm, when I just started jumping just so I can minimize that bucking, yeah. buckingness, bucking, getting bucked, yeah. <laughs> not going <Yeah>. OTB. <laughs> you don't want to get bucked. Yeah. No, no, everything else, it seems like you can correct, but the whole bucking is just kind of hold on and scoot back and Pray yeah. for the best. <laughs> it's all about how you react in the air, right? Like it, it, you could go off the lip in any sort of funny way and you just got to react in the air and, and make it happen when you land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I saw you guys, man, that uh, for the folks of you who have been to Vale, I was following Curtis and um, and his buddy, um, Isaac, gosh, Ian. Ian, Ian, thank you. I knew it started with an, I knew it started with the I, uh, yeah. super cool dude, by the way. And, uh, as you get to the bottom of, um, tunnel of love, there's that section where you go up really hard left and you go high. There's, um, there's a little spot where you can go over two rock gardens down off of a, a log drop into a jump that clears this trail. And, uh, I saw Curtis dropping into it and just laid that bike nicely over and big old whip of the tail um, it's so smooth. I was like, Oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I had, so we, I mean, we go to Vail every single week, you know, I go multiple times a week, but I make sure that my family gets out there at least once a week. And, um, man, we've sessioned that thing hundreds of times. It's so much fun. 
that place is great. And God, how much stuff are they building there? They're building so much stuff out there at Vale. It's new trails it's everywhere. So yeah, it's amazing. It's um, it's when when we moved here to California, you know, jeez, uh, four years ago, I think now. Um, Vale was one of the first places we rode, and I was like, "Man, this place is okay." And then, you know, all the boys took over, and they started charging you way more money to to go ride. But then, seeing what they're building and all the infrastructure they're building, it's it's gonna be a mecca for mountain biking, um, and it's gonna be a powerhouse here very very soon. I totally agree. I mean, that place, you know, they they hired on some of the local OGs that built out Greer. Um, yep. Guys like EC are out there uh, carving up lines, making uh, future places for us to ride. So you know it's going to be freaking amazing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> this it's so good, yeah. This kind of goes along with it right here. Obi Wan Toady asks, "What local trails do you do you go to, Curtis? And how do you like hold a croak's mark?" Um, go ahead, Curtis. You, if you want to go first on that local trails part. So um, where I live in Temecula, um, I'm, I'm two minutes and 44 seconds riding time from my driveway to the cross trail. So um, it's not the most fun trail in the world, but it's what I refer to as a means to an end. Um, you know, you get a really good climb in if you do four or five laps on that thing, you get a good 12, 12, 14 miles in. Uh, but the downhill is, is pretty technical. It's really fast. It's some outcropping of rocks you have to kind of navigate through and go around. And and it's right up the street from where KTM and Husqvarna's headquarters are. So, you know, if you're on Strava and you're looking at the, the PRs and the fastest guys on that trail, they're all incredible athletes, supercross pros, you know, team managers for KTM and Husqvarna. And it's, uh, I'm a, I'm slightly competitive and, it's it's been really fun. So I ride that trail, honestly, three to five times a week. Um, I try to go to Vail with my buddy Ian, you know, once a week at least, and and then uh, Greer. I ride Greer as much as I possibly can, uh, just because it's it's so vast. There's so many different trails you can ride, and you know, when I ride when I ride uh, Vail, I definitely get an adrenaline rush. There's some really really technical hard trails off of the top, you know, 4114, Matco ladders. Um, but at Greer, it's it's like a, another level of, of technical riding. And um, I mean, last time we rode there, we we went up to do Insidious, and we saw the new TMB trail, so we dropped in on that. Mm. You know, you know that you know that moment riding bikes with friends when you get to the to the bottom, and everyone's just smiling. You're almost speechless, and you just high five. Yes, it, it, was, it was that kind of moment, and. Um, so those are the three kind of areas that I ride the most. I do venture down to Black Mountain um, as much as I can. Uh, but with COVID and my work schedule and working from home, I try to stay as close as I can. So. Yeah, no, that's definitely, those are great trails. I mean, gosh, look at all the trails that we have just right here, Curtis. That's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I, I love I love Greer as well, and I definitely want to check out some of the trails, uh, other trails that you ride. But Greer and Vale, I, I can't believe they're just here in town. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, me and my wife, when we drove out here to consider moving here, um, we had a, a realtor showing us all these different houses, and and we drove by Greer, and I saw people with full faces riding out, and I'm <laughs> like, no, we're good here. This is yeah. good. Let's this stay is here. Spot. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, it's like that light bulb or that cha-ching sound goes off. You're like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> I just opened Strava. I was like, what's here? Let's look. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Obi-Wan says, Greer looks gnarly. You know, it, it definitely has some gnarly stuff on it. I mean, that TMBDH is definitely no joke. No, no, no yeah. joke. Uh, but then there's like, there's double D, you know, that's super fun and flowy. And then, you know, a newer, a newer writer can go down um, overdrive and uh, distortion, just uh, like what I do, because I'm also a COVID writer, is if people come up behind me, I just look for a good spot to pull over. If I hear a writer, I know they're talking to me. Yep. <laughs> I know I, I got to pull over and give them some space. And I never, yeah. I, which is, which is awesome. And I never try to stop on the trail too. That's, that's also important because people could come around the corner so quickly. So I always, if I have to pull over, I just pull off the trail, but yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it's the trails at Greer can be gnarly, but they could also be tame at the same time. Just depends on, on how you ride it. Although I take, back the tmbdh that one's just gnarly no matter which way you go at it <laughs> you know and and i i don't i think i have the wrong names for some of the trails but white rabbit um anybody can ride white rabbit you know there's oh, a bit yeah. of a climb out of it but it's a nice long ride and and if you do it the right way you get to hit a bunch of jumps on the way down through i think it's jumping mouse and, yes yes you know, i forgot about that the yeah. uh, rabbit hole over to jumping mouse yeah yes yep. Yep. Yeah, that one's a good one. Obi-Wan Tody, that one's a good one. That one actually highly recommend that one. Double D, uh, Rabbit Hole, and then Jumping Mouse. Because Jumping Mouse, you can bypass every jump if you need to. Yep. Or you could take them if you want. You can you can pick and choose. Totally. And there's a lot less traffic on um, White Rabbit. So you don't have to worry about faster riders coming up behind you. And, and you're kind of out there, right? Like you're not... Yeah you're not in the whole mix of, of where all the gnarly trails are. So Yeah, that's true. I God, I forgot all about that one. That's a good call. That's a good call. Um, I see that there are a lot of other folks on it. If you guys want to, you know, chime in, let us know. We're talking about first bikes. We're talking about trails. If you want to also put in maybe where you are, uh, city state or your favorite trail, um, we'll definitely be happy to field that. But you know, Curtis Ellis is uh, the vice president of uh, vice president of sales for the Bole brands, and we're getting to know his story today. And we're getting up to the part where he just got his first dual suspension bike, mountain bike, and uh, was going down some races. His first race, uh, he was wearing jean shorts, <laughs> no shin guards, and ended up podium, be hitting the podium probably at second. Um, yeah. So we're going to take it back up from there. And this is probably 2000 and, uh, 1989. So you were just getting two years yeah. after BMX, yeah. right? Yeah. This was probably 2012, 2011, somewhere in there. Um, you know, and, and from there we just, uh, rode every single day. It's what, you know, the, the neighborhood I grew up in was full of, 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 uh, kids my age that love to ride bikes and we had freedom, you know, we lived out in the country a little bit and um, the kind of the suburbs of Salt Lake city. And, you know, it, we just rode bikes every single day. We were swapping parts, learning how to be mechanics and stripping Dang. out bolts and all that good stuff. And, wow, um, you know, it was, it was a formative time for sure. There's no question. Wow. What an awesome childhood. I mean, what a beautiful area too. Jeez, the mountains of Salt Lake City back there, all those all those different parks there are back there. It's just gorgeous. Oh, it's um, so yeah. Golly, jealous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
miss it. I miss it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God, I, what a great place, especially now, you know, we have COVID health uh, impacts on COVID health and wellness. I mean, the great outdoors, you know, that's definitely a place that you, you came from. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's something that you can do today. You know, like you said, you look out in the garage and you got your bike right there and it's ready to go. It's ready to get you out. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as you were saying earlier, you know, you're cut from the action sports side and you were, you got on board with Oakley. How, how did you, how did that path all start into your career side? Um, was that on purpose on accident? Was it, you know, the only thing that was available at the time or, how did you get over to where you are now? You know, um, it, it was it was fate or serendipitous, however you want to look at it. But at at sixteen, when I got a license in a car, I the, the you know I got a job at a bike shop and and started you know kind of learning the whole ropes of the bike industry and how it all worked and and started meeting with reps when they would come in and they would you know kick down a wristband here. Or a, mm something there and i thought man these guys cruise around all day they refill your display case and they give out free stuff like that's a cool job to have yeah yeah and uh and so i worked i worked in bike shops for for quite a few years different bike shops throughout salt lake city and um um you know i i I was racing and, and i got hurt and broke broke bones and ended up you know moving away from it and I was I was working with my brother-in-law actually at the time at an engineering firm and um you know I was it's, it's kind of a funny story but I was out you know partying with some friends in Park City at a Method Man concert and <laughs> ended up at a house party later and and I I met you know a woman who now is my wife and oh wow and she was the nanny for the principal Oakley reps in Salt Lake City no and, way so, what so I got I got to know them and I told them I wanted to work with them and they said, no, it's probably not going to happen. And, you know, f- fortunate for me, they took a chance on me. They, they gave me a shot. And, and um, it was funny because they said to me, you know, we, we can't hire you from an engineering firm. You, you have to make a career change before we can bring you on board. No kidding. So, Do they know and, you ripped on bikes? Uh, I, I never rode with them. I don't know. And, and, um, but it was a really funny moment. I, I took my girlfriend at the time to Moab to go ride bikes. And on the drive home, she said to me, and this was like a, a genuine life-changing moment for me. She she looked at me and said, quit your job tomorrow. Let's move in together. I'll pay your rent. And Whoa. I was like, who are you? Like, this doesn't happen. Yeah. And and so I did. I was like, Yes. I wow. hate my job. This is wow. awesome. <laughs> so, engineering job. You're like, this is so not me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know. I'm just like going through the motions of life at this point, you know, like yeah. 20, 24 years old, 23 years old at the time or something. And um, so I quit. We moved in together. I got a job at Bingham Cyclery and was just, you know, cranking away at eight bucks an hour. I had 33 cents a day for lunch and I was eating top ramen and it was an amazing time of my life. It was super, wow. super fun. Um, and, you know, taking that initiative to quit, quit a career path that was going to mm-hmm. completely shift career paths showed a lot of initiative, I think, to the principal reps, to Kim mm-hmm. and Steve, and they, uh, they took a chance, they hired me and, and I, I knew at that moment, this is my chance to make mm-hmm. sure I don't end up doing construction or something like that for the rest of my life and mm-hmm. put absolutely everything I had into it. And, 
that's kind of what got me into the eyewear industry. Um, and, you know, from there, you know, Oakley grew and they, they split paths. I took the optical channel and, and ran that as the principal reps was the principal rep for, for some years. And eventually, um, you know, I had a great territory. It was, it was cruising right along and, and, you know, and I, I love Oakley. I'll never speak ill of Oakley, but, um, you know, they had been acquired by a big conglomerate and things were changing and culturally um, speaking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And spy had called in the past and, and I, uh, I, I decided to make some calls back and I ended up taking a position in October of 2014 as the regional sales manager for spy covering the West coast of the U S. So I would, Man. that job basically is managing key accounts and then, uh, managing all the rep force, uh, you know, for the, wow. for the West Coast. Wow. Now at SPY, did they have the sub rep position uh, supporting the principal rep or was at SPY, if you're the rep, you're managing that territory, you're the one? It's kind of both, to be honest. It just depends on the territory and the amount of uh, sales revenue and volume that you're generating. Um, mm. You know, if you have a really good principal rep that has great relationships, you never want to uproot that. You know, you mm. want to make sure that stays intact. Yeah. And um, so it, it really is just hit and miss and just depends on the, the revenue and the personalities and the relationships. God, man, I remember going back to Oakley. I remember, is it the Froggies? Is that the style sunglasses they had? Were they the frogs or the frog skin? The frog skin. Frog skin. Yeah. Those were the best, man. Those were like the first time we ever saw that, or at least I can remember where we saw that reflective color lens, you know, that. Right. Yeah. yeah, that mirror blue, that mirror red. Yeah. I remember as a kid, I'm like, I gotta get one of those. And then I saw the price tag. I was like, how many lawns am I gonna have to cut? <laughs> to <get one> <laughs> well, it's funny because frog skin is, you know, it was named after greenbacks because Oakley was in a tough spot and they needed money, so they they called it the frog skin. No kidding. They needed greenbacks, but Whoa. you know what's really interesting is. Um, as a rep, you go out to all these different events where you show up with all the other eyewear reps and you pop your 10 by 10 tent up and you put some product out and you, you do your thing. And and about a year before I got on board with Spy, they had just launched the Happy Lens. And I, I walked over to the Spy rep and I said, hey, what's up with these? And I put them on and I looked through the lens and I was like, oh, shit, these are really, really good. This is yeah. this is a game changer in the eyewear industry. And I'm a very technical person and, and I feel like, you know, you should buy sunglasses, obviously, if they fit right and they're the right color and price, but really you should look through the optics and make sure that it's it's providing you the experience of seeing the world the way you want to see it. Mm. And and so that, you know, the Spy's proprietary happy lens is, was kind of the, the catalyst to, to really want to be involved with the brand. And, wow. and on the, the other side of it was, uh, you know, a guy named Michael Marks who was very into cycling. He um, he started the Belgian waffle ride, the BWR, and you know mm. he's a world-class cyclist, and he he's a great leader. And and I, you know, I was like, man, I want to work with this guy, and this looks like a great opportunity. And you know, with with Oakley, I felt like I had a really warm, fuzzy, cozy blanket. And and this is you know kind of that moment in your life where you step out of your comfort zone, and it really drives you to succeed because you're you're out of your comfort zone. You know, you you know. If you're competitive, you don't want anyone else to see you fail outside of what you've been doing for so long. And, yeah. you know, um, six years later, here I am still, still uh, pumping the happy lands. 
that's that's so cool yeah definitely comfort kills in in more ways than one and sometimes you just got to take that blind leaf of, of faith you know if you see something or get that gut feeling you just got to go got to start got to try um mm-hmm. <clears throat> speaking of starting and trying here one of our guests tonight brianna thomason uh she actually the wife of nate thomason who's one of the trail dogs of trail dogs mtb says just yeah. did my first career ride with nate did jumping mouse and it wasn't too bad great beginner trail yeah see obi-wan toady we're putting you down the right trails buddy yeah <laughs> yeah we won't steer you the wrong way that's right uh, awesome awesome brianna that that is really cool i actually saw the ig of of you um out front of nate and he was kind of coaching you um from the back so th- i thought that was awesome good job on being out there can't wait to see you out there um so I'm so happy that you did that jump and it sounds like you're happy you went over to spy was, was that technology of those lenses when you look through them, was that when they started really getting competitive and different with the polarized lenses or what made that lens a game changer? So the happy lens comes polarized or non-polarized. So what polarization does for you is it eliminates polarized light. Um, you know, the, the best example I could give is when you're looking at a, at a nice mountain lake and it looks like a sheet of uh, glass or a mirror, right? And you can't see through it because of all the glare because it's so smooth. When you put on a polarized pair of glasses, it cuts through that glare and you can see straight through the water. So polarization mm. eliminates 99% of glare. Um, and you get glare off of any horizontal surface. Gotcha. Uh, but what the happy lens does is it enhances contrast and clarity in any light condition, but it also uh, is the only it's patented it's the only lens on the market that gives you a thera- a therapeutic benefit with an uplift an uplift in mood and alertness so huh. um you know serotonin is released by um you know long wave blue light but you yeah. also get you also get um bad rays from the sun so harmful uv and short wave blue light and short wave blue light to make it very simple is very similar to what you get from your cell phone or your computer screen. It's, hmm. it's very harmful. So what we know is that long wave blue light peaks at 480 to 500 nanometers. So we built our light curve around uh, blue light 480 to 500 nanometers. So it's filtering out all short wave, but letting in all long wave blue light to give you an uplift in mood and alertness. Holy cow. So you can release the serotonin, which is a, one of the, um, Things for happiness. Very yeah. clever. Very yeah. clever. <laughs> wow. I, dude, there is so much science that goes into lenses. And um, I've always loved Spy just as a skateboarder growing up and then later moving down to San Diego, becoming a surfer. Spy was always kind of in that culture. Um, but to hear that they've got such killer stuff like that um, yeah. makes me like it even more. It also um, just makes the world look great, you know? Yeah, I need to get those for my wife. So when she sees me, I can be like, hey, babe, <laughs> always look good. She's always happy when she looks at me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So recently for the folks out there, um, I see more people are hopping on. Um, this is Curtis Ellis. He's the vice president of sales for the Bole Brands. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the company. You know, being vice president of sales is, is a big role but even now, things have changed as Bole now has entered into the into the mix. Can you tell us a little bit about it and maybe delineate how the company is is somewhat split up but the same? 
Definitely, yeah. So um, Spy was acquired in September of 2019 by Bole Brand. Um, Bole um, eyewear, the actual physical product, has been around for since 1888. You know, it's the wow. uh, premium sport performance eyewear brand. It's very, very well known in Europe. It's it's well known here for sure, no question here in the states. But it's a it's it's like the Oakley of Europe, and um, they, you know, private equity firm purchased Bole and Serengeti in, I don't even know the exact date. It was about six months before they acquired Spy. Oh, and wow. what, they, what they realized is they needed um, some distribution help in North America. And I mean, I would say without speaking out of, you know, out of turn, it, you know, Spy has been on the table to be sold for 25 years. Uh, okay. you know, build a company to sell it, and and Spy was built by the the Simo brothers that started No Fear back in the day. So you know they're, they're oh no kidding, they're no, definitely no slouches in brand building. Oh and, yeah, dude, I remember all those the shirts and stickers and everything. Yeah, no yeah, fear. Yeah, so it was it was started by those guys, and um, so you know when Bolet Brands acquired Spy, um, you know we went through some restructuring for sure but you know the headquarters for north america is still in carlsbad we've taken over management of bole serengeti obviously spy and then h2 optics another another part of another brand in the portfolio and um, so uh, for me what that means is um at the time of the acquisition i was actually the brand director at spy where i was overseeing marketing product development and, and creative and um you know, I, I, I was very vocal and I said, as soon as you, you make this deal, you know, we, we sign all the, all the paperwork, please, please, please put me back in sales. Uh, I learned a lot about myself and what I want out of my career. And I'm not, not a marketer. I'm a, I'm a sales guy. And, um, that's where all the fun is anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's fun when it's good and it's stressful when it's bad, but, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I now manage the Southwest region of the United States, um, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Japan, and then some of uh, LATAM as well. So it's it's a wow. fun job, you know, and, and the, the best part of this portfolio, to be honest, is how well these brands work together. So in the eyewear space, you have now three big conglomerates. There used to be four. There's, you know, Safalo, Marchand, Essilor, and Luxottica. Essilor and Luxottica have merged to be a true, like, it's, it's almost a monopoly. It's a gigantic powerhouse in the eyewear space. Um, so when you think about all these independent brands, why not band together three of these great brands together and work together to, um, you know, get market share and, and really get the product placed? And so you have Spy that's a great, you know, everyone in Southern California knows of Spy. Most of the West Coast knows about Spy. Um, but but it doesn't go really far beyond that because of the the resources and everything that the brand has had. Hmm. Um, so you know you 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 couple Spy with Bole, which is now your sport component to the portfolio in cycling products, cycling eyewear, cycling helmets, ski snowboard goggles, ski and snowboard helmets, and then you have Serengeti, which is a very very premium eyewear. Uh, brand and the products are, I mean, it's Barberini glass, the optics are just crystal clear. So um, but between the three, you know, we should be able to solve or be a solution for any eyewear retailer there is out there, you know, between those three, three options. So 
you have Spy that was spawned in 1994, a complete action sports based, mostly racing, mostly moto and car racing to start with. Uh, you mm. know, Boris said and and some of the NASCAR folks and and so on and Jeremy McGrath, you know, in the moto space and um, you know, it it branched out to be a little more surf skate snow oriented, uh, but very much so rooted rooted in action sports. Where then you have Bolay that is uh, more you know, sport oriented, but from a performance standpoint, not from a lifestyle standpoint. And then you have Serengeti that is your fashion forward, super crisp lens, premium product, premium pricing. So the way, the way I can best describe it is, you know, when I'm driving somewhere, I'm definitely a hundred percent wearing my Serengeti's. Uh, when I get to where I'm going, if I'm doing a sport, I put on my Bolays. Um, typically that's going to ride mountain bikes. Uh, when I get done riding my mountain bike, I put on my spies. I, I, you know, grab a beer. I cheers my friends and have that kind of après, aha, you know, moment of, of lifestyle. So mm-hmm. that the brands delineate themselves very well. You know, not, none of these brands in our portfolio need to be everything to everybody. They all have their space and it gives us in sales the ability to really fine tune who our how our distribution works, who we distribute to and why and, and make sure that we're talking to the right demographic of folks that understand our brands and who we are. So it's it's a great portfolio. I'm really excited to be a part of it and and we're just starting. This is just the beginning. You know, we, we need to change some of the perception around Bolay. We need to get Serengeti placed and we just need to ratchet up the the uh, marketing and the the distribution on spy but it's a it's a fun time in the eyewear space to be part of this portfolio. Yeah, I could imagine. I mean, the three big ones and <clears throat> working together so well, each having their own real lane, is going to be great for so so many people in in the demographics and having each person in the demographics be its own bucket, so to speak. You know, not not one's going to be all three, but like you said in your example, you know, driving, you're going to go. Serengeti, just premium, premium lens. You're going to ride your action sports going to be with Bole and then your cultural lifestyle, hanging out, chilling, blocking the sun here in SoCal, feeling good, looking good, uh, is going to be in the spy side. So golly, man, that's a whole lot of good stuff going on. And you're going to be overseeing all, all three of those brands on the sales side. Yeah. So that's, that's what we've been doing for about a year now. Um, so there's myself here in the southwest of the U.S. I'm, I'm kind of the in-house sales guy. And then we have an East Coast uh, vice president of sales. And then we have um, our Northwest vice pres- president of sales that's based out of Vancouver who oversees the Northwest U.S. as well as Canada on the, the wholesale side. So who sells to retailers? Mm. So it's, you know, we got a good structure. It's, it's definitely um, fun being global for sure. I mean, I was mm. on meetings today with literally the entire world and it's it's crazy to see you know people logging in and seeing where they're from and everything it's it's so much bigger than just this little kind of carl's dad nugget you know wow yeah god that's gotta be that's gotta be a trip dude to <laughs> be like where am i look what i'm doing well so- it is and you know it, it was funny when you know, I, I was fortunate enough to be part of the team that that sat at the table during the cell of spy and it uh you know, when you're, you're, you know, you have some suitors coming that are potential buyers and you, you hear who they are. You're like, I don't know, Bolet, like, I'm not sure. And, you know, they're, they're not really present that much here in our space. And, 
Um, and then to see what they had done in just a year's time, you know, releasing the Phantom Lens, which is second to nobody. I mean, you know, when you're cycling, you you need a good lens that works in all light conditions, and you need mostly an, an anti-fog on the inside that makes sure you don't have to take your eyewear off, and now you're yes. exposing your eyes to any sort of danger. And, you know, with Belay having a safety side of the business, uh, they learned anti-fog quickly. And we have a, a platinum anti-fog coating on all of our performance eyewear that is second to absolutely nobody. Uh, so when it, when it first happened, I got my hands on some of the light shifters. I still wear them every time I ride today. And, you know, it, it blew my mind how well they worked. Uh, adjustable nose pads, rubber temple tips, rubber nose pads. They don't slide down your face. You have really good coverage. Wow. And then couple that with the entire MIPS collection of helmets. You know, I, I always wear the track down MIPS helmet. You have adjustable visors. You have a, a little uh, sunglass garage that you can slide your glasses into, you know, above your head if, if when you're done riding or if you're, you know, hitting low light situations. And it's, uh, it's awesome for me. Going into it, I didn't really know what the experience was going to be. But then after touching the product, trying the product, I was, it took me about two seconds. I was all in, game on, let's do this because the products are so amazing. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, the beautiful thing for all of us in the mountain bike community is that we have a guy in a high position at an eyewear company there, Bole Brands, with Curtis Ellis, and he rips. So he gets it. He gets what we're going through. He gets the protection. He knows exactly what uh, what we need, and we need that voice with these big companies. So they're putting out products that um, folks like us, the mountain bike community, are going to want to get our hands on and love and and all that. Um, so it sounds like, based on that, is it is it fair to say that would it be Bolay that would be the one that we would reach for and research in, or or would that or would that also work for Spyoptic as well? Both. So that's the beauty of the portfolio. So. You know, if you're going up to Snow Summit to ride for the day, you're going to want the Spy Optic Foundation goggle. It's amazing. Uh, that's going to get you through your day. It's got anti-fog. It's got amazing aesthetics, you know, nice thick strap. You have impact resistance in the lens. Uh, but if you're going out for a, you know, cross-country ride where you're pedaling more, you're climbing and you're, you're, you're perspirating a lot more, definitely look into the Bolle light shifter, the shifter and the chrono shield. Uh, mm. The chrono shield is gigantic. It is truly a windshield for the face. Mm. And it uh, it has adjustable nose pads, a nice uh, you know sponge across the top of the across the frame, so you don't have to worry about you know the the one thing I hate about eyewear when you're riding is you get sweaty. But you know for me, I'm very impatient, so when I get to the top of the climb, I want to like get a squirt of water and just bomb the downhill. And mm -hmm. as soon as you hit that first big jump or your head jars, all that sweat from your helmet just pours down into your eyes, right and, and blind, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then it dries up on your lens and you're like, yeah. uh, your, your, your vision is, is compromised and uh, having a nice big sponge across the top completely eliminates that. So the chrono shield is, is an amazing technology and the phantom lens and phantom plus phantom plus is a photochromic technology that, you know, you start in the morning when it's, when it's kind of the sun's just coming up, it's a little dark, it's lighter for you. As soon as the sun comes up, that lens gets darker. So you don't have to change lenses. You don't have to carry a spare lens. You're just you're just dialed all day long. So. What? Yeah. So for a place like Greer, if you're going to go early morning at Greer, you're going to be pedaling a lot. Something like that, that phantom lens um, mm -hmm. light changer would be perfect, right? 
especially Greer, where you're, you know, you're climbing with your back to the sun if the sun's coming up. But when you turn around to go down distortion, you're going mm-hmm. straight into the sun. So you need to make sure you have, you know, that sun blocked because those rocks come up quick and yeah. you, you don't want to be bouncing off of those things. No, especially the wrong spot. Yeah. God, man. Uh, Trail Dogs MTB just joined up. That's a group of guys right there. We're talking about you guys earlier with uh, Brianna Thomason on earlier. What's up, guys? Ooh. Welcome to the show. Got uh, Vice President of Sales, Mr. Curtis Ellis uh, for the Bull Brands. We're actually talking about Greer and talking about um, one of the one of the recommended goggles for that area. And that's going to be on the Bull side, right, Curtis? Yep, yep. So that's the Chrono Shield. It is a pair of sunglasses. Um, but, you know, like I said, on on kind of for the the eyewear solution for the mountain biker, it's it's really spy and it's bullet. You know, if you're if you're pedaling a lot, you're going to want to go with the bullet side. You still want to have your discords or your helms for when you're done and you want to put on something to look cool and cheers your buddies and drive home in. Um, but, you know, if you're if you're pedaling a lot, you definitely want to stick with the bullet um, uh, light shifter, chrono shield products like that. That's awesome. Oh, here's the, you know, this guy, you met this guy this yeah. last week at MTB, Alan. What's up, Alan? Good to see you, buddy. He hey, says, Alan. if he puts those on, he's going to see the rocks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Got to hit those rock gardens straight and fast. <laughs> Just fly over them. They're way more smooth in the air. Yeah. I When I rode with Alan, he was definitely flying over the rocks and I was yeah. flying. I was, I was, he was waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's cool, man. I I had no idea that um, that that that's how the brands kind of work together, um, and that was just a perfect example of how they could be in their own lanes or how they can really help the same rider with two different brands under the same roof. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's very cool. You know, what's um, what's funny is when I talk to a, a few friends about Bollet. A lot of them referred to skiing. They go, oh, yeah, yeah, those are the really nice ski goggles, right? And I said, well, I think they're getting into the mountain bike scene now. So do you think will there be – I know you're not on the marketing side anymore, but will there be a push to advertise more towards the mountain bike community? Absolutely. I mean, you know, one thing I'm pushing for is to tap into NICA and really become part of the NICA mm-hmm. um, you know, program that's going on everywhere across the country, you know, the – high school mountain biking is something that didn't exist when I was in high school. And to see the amount of kids out there riding now is, is so awesome. And like, I can't wait for my, my son to be in high school so I can coach, you know? And, and uh, so before COVID, our plans were to hit, you know, local races, pop a tent, seed product, let people demo stuff and have some fun with everybody and just be part of the community, you know, and and with COVID hitting it, it delayed us a little bit. We're still going to do it. No question. Um, it's just a, a little bit delayed, but you will see um, much more uh, marketing around the cycling side of Bole for sure. Mm. Uh, it's definitely rooted in skiing and FIS and ski racing, which is very European. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have, you know, here in North America, we do have David Weiss and, and some really prominent uh, skiers uh, and snowboarders. Um, the, the new products from Bole are just amazing. I mean, we have magnetic goggles so the lenses you know change really easy just from magnets they lock in so if you you know eject or tumble you don't have to worry about your lens you know coming out um so it's it's kind of you know belay is kind of the all things sport i mean we even have sport protective equipment you know for basketball and baseball and stuff like that so it's um it's truly just rooted in sport regardless of what the sport is 
if if there was one uh say one mountain bike goggle you would recommend for riders out here in southern california where it's sunny most of the time moderate temperature for the most part but it can get hot and everyone always talks about you know i I always see people climbing with their goggles off and i have a feeling that's either uh fog and heat but if ole has something that could provide a solution to that which which goggle would that be or goggles would you recommend so it wouldn't be Bole. Okay. Uh, we, Bole only makes ski and snowboard goggles, where Spy makes mountain bike and moto goggles, as well as snow goggles. So mm. the main difference is uh, on, a, on a snow goggle, you're going to have two lenses, right? There's, there's the inner lens, and then there's the outer lens. And they're pretty expensive. Ski and snowboard goggles are not cheap if you want to get the right stuff. Yeah. Um, and so... You know, I, I see people out in ski goggles or snowboard goggles riding their bikes. I'm like, what are you doing? You could have spent a quarter of the money on a good moto goggle, had the same protection without, you know, having to replace this very expensive goggle and when it gets scratched with all the dust and everything that's out there, you know, dust mm-hmm. gets on the lens and then you take your shirt and you wipe it on. It's just scratching the lens. And so mm. um, what I would suggest is the the Spy Optic Foundation Plus. So there's, the, found- okay. yeah, there's the foundation which is going to be a clear lens version. And then there's the foundation plus that is a mirrored darker lens version. Mm. And it's the same chassis, same strap, everything. Uh, a couple months ago, we launched the reverb collection, which is really cool strap art, a, a thicker, you know, 45 millimeter strap. Um, so that, that's what I would suggest is the foundation plus, especially Found- in Southern California. Foundation Plus. There you go, folks. And actually, if you go to spyoptics.com right now, they're having the 12-day giveaway, and we're only on day seven right now. So there's a handful more days left of some giveaways. And when you first jump on, you automatically, by trading in the email address that's yours, you get a 10% off. And I think there's some other promos. There's some Christmas promos out there as well, right, Curtis? there are and there's we just launched geez i think it was a week ago now maybe a little over a week ago it might have been december 1st but it's this uh augmented reality um that if you go onto your instagram you go to your instagram camera down to filters and you search spy you'll see the um, marauder uh augmented reality filter where when you you click on it and you hold it up to your face the goggle goes on your face so you can see what you look like <laughs> in the goggle, and you can actually flip the camera. So just hit the button that rotates the camera from you to looking out, and you can see through the lens, and you can pick different lenses to see what the world would look like through that lens. Uh, wow. It's an amazing technology where you can try on and you can try it out uh, be- while you're sitting on your couch, literally. So and- it's uh, it's really, really cool. We have that also within Bole on the, the Chrono Shield. So if you want to see what the Chrono Shield looks like, you can do the same thing uh, through Bole, which is that's, really, really cool. That's really cool because, man, so many times I'm either on Amazon or at a site, and especially now with COVID, you're out there listening, and you're like, God, I want to buy new glasses because I'm hiking more. I'm riding my bike more. I'm doing outdoors more, mm-hmm. but I don't want to go in the store. I don't feel safe or whatever the case is. That's cool that you guys do that. So that's, so say that again, you go to Instagram and you look for spy optics. Is that how you do it? You go to your Instagram and you open your Instagram camera and then you, you, you go down to filters and then just search uh, spy and the the filter will pop up. Um, You you hit the filter and it's, it's like magic. It all, it all happens like magic. 
And you can shop from there too. If you see something you like, you can go ahead and just buy it there on Instagram if you like, or click over to spyoptic.com and you can buy. And there are, um, there are Christmas specials going on through the sale section. Um, so you can pick up some really, really great products at a, at a good price right now. So go, go shop. I saw that. I saw the discounts on there and there was like some things where they offered you a hat or gifts if you were to spend a little over $100. Obi-Wan Toady here says, I'm looking for some nice goggles that fit over my glasses. Would would the ones you were talking about be the right fit for that if you already have prescription glasses on? They do. They work really well over prescription glasses. And that's just part of the, when we, when we designed and released the foundation goggle, our goal was to have the the widest periphery that's possible in the market. So, mm. you know, what we know is you always see what you're looking at, but you on cycling specifically, you need motion detection. So, you know, you can't really see it, but even though I'm looking at the camera, I can still see my fingers moving through my periphery. Mm-hmm. And so you really need a goggle that wraps around really far so you can see that motion. And uh, I would highly suggest the foundation to, to work over a pair of prescription glasses um, or, mm you know, to, to kind of double down on it. If you really want the best experience, I would go to sportrx.com and I would look at their uh, inserts that they make that fit in the foundation goggle perfectly. So you never have to take the insert out of the actual goggle. You just put the goggle on and you have a nice big insert that has your prescription in it. No Um, kidding. Yeah. Just, just tell them Curtis sent you. So sport. All right. Is that with uh, Mark sky? Is that where he is or no, that's somebody else. Sport RX is they're San Diego based. It's a they they have a great business that they built. Um, Sunglass Rob, who's also a, a, a YouTube guy, he has you know millions of views. Um, he you know you, you can't miss him. Um, you know just go to Sport RX, check it out, or go to YouTube and search Sport RX, and you you can learn a lot about eyewear optics through through Sunglass Rob. Mm, that's very cool. And I think maybe we have answered this one, but Trail Dogs MTB asks, is there a local retailer that sells your glasses so that we can try them on? And uh, I mean, is there a, a physical brick and mortar that is, uh, I guess these guys are more specifically in Riverside and Murrieta. Mm-hmm. So here in the Promenade Mall in Temecula, you can go in and go to Allegiance. They have uh, two big display cases full of spy products you can try on. They also have the foundation goggle you can try on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the Bole side, um, you can check out the dealer locator and, and find a retailer near you. So Love it. There you guys go, Trail Dogs. And then MTB Allen says, yep, Tony rocks those Sport RX. So uh, <laughs> for the folks who are out there watching YouTube, he's talking about Tony um tony from the outsider channel and you can see that sticker on his handlebars i think it's one of his latest sponsors he actually had uh released well i don't want to spoiler alert but go check out the outsiders youtube channel and uh, take a look at his two big sponsors for this upcoming year and uh, mtb allen uh has has him in a lot of his videos as well and um it's awesome in fact mtb allen and Tony were at their latest video. If you guys want to see that, they were at Sky Park and they discovered a new trail out there that they knew was there, but they hadn't taken it. Uh, so it's really cool watch. Um, Curtis, I know we're getting up close to time, but I did want to make sure we we covered a lot of this. Um, one of the quotes that you had in here, if you don't mind, you you said, and I love this. You said, "I can do hard things." Um, and you refer that back to what cycling has done for you. Can you talk a little bit about what that means? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, any mountain biker knows that when you when you head out on a on a, an adventure, so to speak, you know, you're you're in for it. It's not easy. It's it's always a struggle. Whether it's you know you are ill prepared from your nutrition, or you are hungover, or you uh, are just mentally not in it today. Maybe your mind's kind of wandering, you know. But the, there's there's very 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 few mountain bikers that get to the trail and quit. And and that's the beauty of mountain biking. It's it's one of the main reasons I want to bring my my kids up mountain biking. I mean, you know, you, you saw my seven year or my eight year old daughter out there. I had to kind of help her up some hills and stuff, but she rips. Yeah. She yeah. genuinely rips. And yeah. And that what I always tell her is, you know, mountain biking will teach you that you can do hard things. And mm. you need to cherish the moment and the feeling that you have when you get done doing that hard thing that you had doubted yourself, you know, before you did it. And it's you know, that's just one of the things mountain biking has taught me, cycling in general, um, you know, is persevere, get over the hump. You know, mm-hmm. you have to put yourself in these situations where uh, you challenge yourself because mm-hmm. the outcome is exponential. You're, you know, it's just like in business, the harder conversations are the most important conversations. And, and it's the same thing in cycling, whether you're mountain biking, you know, riding gravel, gravel stuff or or road cycling, whatever it might be, you know, when you're, when you're faced with adversity and you're out in the middle of nowhere on your bike, you don't have a choice. You have mm-hmm. to get through it. You know, the, you get to the halfway point, you're like, I can't turn around. <laughs> right. Back. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's one of the, the greatest parts of mountain biking to me is, is just, you know, you set out on this adventure and you know, you don't have to quit. I mean, you know, when, when COVID hit, I had spent just about a year off of Strava. It was taking the fun out of riding for me where I was just trying to hammer these segments. And, and when COVID hit, I, I set a quick goal for myself. I just thought, man, I'm going to, you know, it's March 19th. I'm going to hit a thousand miles before the end of the year. And I set that goal for myself. And, and it was also a funny year cause I turned 40, which sucks. Cause you know, I feel like I'm 16 still, but um, I, I set a goal to ride 40 miles on my 40th birthday. And, and my wife thinks I'm just lunatic, but I, I left, <laughs> I left my house at two 30 in the morning with lights on pedaling. I just went to the cross trail. Oh, dang. I was looking at the temperatures. It was October 1st and it was going to be super hot that day. And, and even at two 30 in the morning, it was still 70 degrees at night. So I set out at two 30 and I did, I got home at about six 30 in the morning and I busted out 23 miles on the cross trail. Dang. Um, but I, my wife had, she's a spin instructor, a, a fitness teacher. So I had to come home to help my kids with distance learning and homeschool so she could go teach her class. So I got a little break in the middle and man, talk about uh, just a mental, a mental shift when you go out that early in the morning, you're tired, you're exhausted. And I was able to bust out, you know, 23 miles on my local trail and I got home and I was like, yeah, 23 miles, pretty good. I don't yeah. really need to go back out there. And and my kids were kind of talking to me and my son said, you know, dad, are you going to finish? And I was like, yeah. Ooh, the gauntlet. Yeah. <laughs> I loaded up. I ate some food and went out to, to Vail and finished my last 17 miles. And, um, you know, and that's just one example of, of making sure that you don't give up, making sure that you persevere all the way through and you accomplish your goals. And, and mountain biking, cycling in general has really taught me that um, – nothing's easy um if it's worth it it's definitely not easy mm-hmm. and you gotta you gotta charge and, and get through it so. 
Man, I love it. W- wise words. And you're totally right. I mean, mountain biking, you get out of it what you put in. There's there's no easy way around it. You know, the trails are going to be there and it's up to you to make it happen. No one's going to be doing it for you. Um, I know you and I were talking about this earlier. And what I love about the trails is that it's 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 great to get to the top, right? And it's great to get to the bottom. But I feel like we can learn so much with the trail because in life, we just want to get to the end point, right? We just want to get to the end. We just want to get to the goal. And we miss all the cool stuff in the middle. And sometimes when we get to the goal, sometimes we feel empty inside. Like, God, I'm here. I should feel different. You know, I I made it. I'm successful. I made it. I made it to this. I made it to the bottom of the trail. But what I love about mountain biking and what you said is the journey, the journey all the way down. I mean, that's where all the good stuff is, you know, avoiding that rock, hitting the rock garden the right way, not giving up when you feel tired. And then when you finally make it, you've earned it. You got that giant smile. I I, I love that. I love that. Um, Let's see. We got, uh, yeah, we got some views for the Trail Dogs MTV on that note. (laughs) <laughs> Obi-Wan Toadie says, thanks, doggy. Uh, that's referring to this. He asked, uh, he says, I've got dreams of hitting the local jumps one day. Yeah, you'll get uh, it, buddy. You got it. You got it. Yeah. You'll get it. All progress. You know, um, 1% better each day, and you just keep stacking those suckers up. And uh, MTB Allen, do today what others won't, so you can do tomorrow what others can't. God, that's another good yes. one. That's a good that's, one. That's another good one. That's right. You got to do what others aren't willing to do today so you can do and have what others can't have tomorrow. Golly, man, this is good stuff. Dropping some inspiration on us. Yeah, that is, uh, that is, that is so true. I mean, when you look at it, when you look at a trail or you look at a goal, it really is up to you, you know, to get it done. And you just got to start, you got to start somewhere because you're never going to be great unless you start. And you don't have to be great to start either because <laughs> you got to start to become great. No, nobody starts great. You know? No. It's a, it's a build up for sure. Exactly. I, I love everything that we just talked about. God, man, that was, that was good stuff. Um, mountain bike community. Uh, maybe we could just kind of wrap it on down into this. And then I've got a big announcement that I wanted to uh, shout out there to everybody who's, who's listening in. Um, but mountain biking community. What are your thoughts on the mountain biking community? I have here, you have uh, some things uh, about people and family. Yeah, you know, um, there's there's things you do in life where you get a, you, you get a certain perception of this community or this tribe from one experience. And, you know, I'm hard pressed to think anybody who gets on a mountain bike gets out on the trail and goes riding is going to have a bad experience from the community. The community is just going to encourage you. They're going to help you. I mean, I've broke chains or I'm ill prepared and somebody comes along and has what I need and they, they're more than happy to give me the parts, the tools to get me back up and going, you know? And um, so it's, you know, to me, mountain bikers are the best people um, that there are out there. So open hearted and, and it's just a big family. It's a complete family vibe. And that's another reason I want to raise my, my kids. And, and, you know, when I met my wife, she didn't even know what a mountain bike was. Now she's out, you know, ripping around too. And, 
um, it's this family vibe. It's a, it's a tribe and a community of people that you really want to be a part of. And, and that's what I truly love about mountain biking. And it's not only that, I mean, I'm proud to be a mountain biker and, you know, you can look on YouTube and see the, the funny little videos of like shit mountain bikers say and stuff. And they're all wearing mm -hmm. like flannel shirts, like I'm wearing and, <laughs> and everything. And it, it creates this kind of perception of mountain bikers that I'm proud to be a part of, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's awesome. And, and so warm and welcoming, you know, I mean, there's the, there's the, the fun stuff I like to read through in, in certain, um, groups on social media of like you know e-bikers versus regular mountain bikes and everything and 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 i love it because i think it's fun but i think i think e-bikes are amazing you know to get somebody out on the trail that's never ridden make it a little easier for them to get out there ride and help their fitness and fun mm -hmm. and get an adrenaline rush you know it's, mm -hmm. it's amazing and so you know the the, the mountain bike community to me is a gigantic part of why I've continued to ride bikes my whole life. I mean, there's the mental health aspect of it. There's the physical health aspect of it, but um, I'm really, really proud. And, and I just want to say thank you to all the mountain bikers out there for being this way because it's so warm and welcoming and it's not intimidating. You know, you can go to the, the park at Mammoth when you sit at the top and you've never hit a jump, you know, on your snowboard or skis and, you know, you, you get intimidated just by the people and, you know, not all skiers and snowboarders are that way, but there's, there's no mountain bikers that are that way. It just doesn't mm. exist. They're so God, warm so and welcoming. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why that is. I wonder why it's built in that way. You know, the first time I went out on a mountain bike here, I, I got a flat tire and I had three different riders stop and, you know, get their backpacks off and, look through their fanny packs and see if they had the right tubes for my bike. And I, you know, I, I love all the sports that I've done. And, um, you know, I, I did a lot of surfing when I was in San Diego, but that was like, uh, that was a culture. It's a culture. It's a brotherhood as well, but there was something different, you know, just having those, everyone stop. Are you okay? Do you need help? Um, let me see if I got one of those tubes. Just like, man, what, just a regular dude what the heck i mean this is great because <laughs> we've all been there you know you've been the guy on the side of the trail going man i gotta walk five miles back to my car right now yeah. you know and this savior rides up and goes do you have what you need and you, you look you're like you have a pack or a hip pack <laughs> what do you got yeah. and uh it's it's because we've all been there you know and i think it's, it's just so warm and welcoming it it, it it genuinely makes me happy to think about yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so cool. And yeah, we're out there on the trail together. It's like that brotherhood. I know MTB Allen and I were out at Greer and we ran into a guy who was walking down from the up to get to the top and he had a he had blown out his back tire. So uh, luckily we had hand pumps and a CO2 cartridge to get him back up to going so he can get out of there. That yeah. would have been a have been a long walk back. <laughs> I've walked from deep in Greer. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, well, oh, Curtis, it was great to have you on the show tonight, man. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you to everyone that was on Obi Wan, Toady, Trail Dogs, Crew, MTB, Allen. God, we just had so many people that were on. Thank you for all the comments. Um, and 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 folks, uh, tonight's episode with Curtis Ellison. I, I want to announced that um, I'll, I am, now that you've heard about the products, uh, what they do, you know that uh, the vice president of sales is a mountain biker and is going to be able to give fantastic feedback into the brand for the mountain bike community, um, specifically uh, things that we may need and things that work well. He also has great insight into that. 
I'm happy to announce that in 2020 and 21 that I'll be working with Curtis and uh, the Bole brands, including Spyoptics, to um, do some cool stuff. Some of those things are going to include some some giveaways. We're going to do some giveaways, right, Curtis, on the IG. Yes, we are. Yeah. And uh, some other things. So stay tuned for those giveaways and, and things coming up. But I'm just really excited to work with you. And I'm glad we got a chance to to get this out there because um, there's so much good stuff. And you are such a great person to have in that position for the rest of us. No, thank you. And I'm, I'm really excited to do these giveaways. Um, you know, make sure that you're following the segment. Uh, make sure you're following spyoptic.com and Bolay. And, um, you know, it's going to be fun. I mean, these, these giveaways are a great time. It's a great way to expose, you know, good people, good mountain bikers to, um, to these great products. And thank you, Mark, for having me. I'm, I'm ecstatic to be here. Um, that's my little sister, Kira, saying nice work. Oh, nice work. Shout out to Kira. Thanks, oh, Kira. look at this. Joe Duarte. Nice, Mark. Now you need a mustache too. <laughs> this, is, this is my COVID mustache. I've never had a mustache since I figured we're, it out. We were backstage and Curtis was like, I got to get my act together, man, before the show. I'm going to put some wax on this mustache. <laughs> uh, uh, folks, if you, if you want to get a chance to know who Joe Duarte is as well, uh, UFC, uh, retired now, UFC fighter, uh, Bellator, Strikeforce, uh, his story is amazing, guys. Came here from the from a little village in Guam on a dream to become a fighter with 500 bucks in his pocket. Um, and if you were to look at him today and what he's accomplished and what he's done, it's a lot about what Curtis and I were talking about. It's, it's burning the boats so that you don't turn around. It's uh, do hard stuff and you can do it and become – you know, a little bit better each and every day and stack those things up on a consistent uh, basis and you could do anything you want. Uh, he's a, another living example of that. Um, but anyways, awesome show, Curtis. Thanks again for being on. Uh, guys, check out check out spyoptics.com and take a look at those, uh, those goggles and glasses that Curtis was talking about. I'll have those in the show notes and stay tuned for some other great stuff to come. All right, everybody. Thanks again, Curtis. Any, anything else that you want to say to everybody before we sign off? Just another thank you. And man, whoa, that was fun. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I recognize that from the IG. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Don't forget, always bet on yourself because all that hard work will always pay off. All right, guys. See you on the next one. Curtis and I are out. Woo! And we're out and we're back in and we're out <laughs> and we're back in. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Curtis Ellis, vice president of sales for the Bole brands. What an awesome dude. And actually got a chance to ride with him over this last weekend at Vail. And the dude rips and he's with his family and he's just an all around great guy. Always nice to know that we have folks like that working in these corporate worlds to bring products to us mountain bikers when they have our our wants and needs in top of their mind. So uh, special kudos again to Curtis Ellis for joining me on the segment podcast. And thank you everyone for being along for the ride. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys either just pulled up to your trail or you're done with your trail and you're driving home. Um, We'll see you guys on the next episode. And hey, don't forget, always bet on yourself.
all of your hard work will always pay off. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next show. See ya. You.